What up, dog? This your man, said Louis from Hands Up Management. You now watching Nola Zine. Detroit, Michigan, east side. Okay, so, okay, so let's start it. You know, we're going to bring it back. So how did you actually become one I mean, manager? Man, that's a loaded question. So <laughs> I, I, when I was in high school, or even when I was a little kid, I played in the band. So, um, you know, my, my grandfather was like a, a jazz enthusiast. My my biological father, like, you know, he DJ like, for fun and stuff like that. But, you know, he didn't really take it serious. But, like, you know, and then my stepfather was a, a hip-hop fanatic, you know what I'm saying? Like, me and him used to be in the basements listening to vinyls and, uh, like, hip-hop, Michael Jackson, like, all kind of music. Like, actually, my first ever concert that I went to was the Michael Jackson Bad Tour at the Palace of Arbor Hills. I was, like, five years old or something like that. So, you know, I just had a love of music around me. So I fell in love with music. I played in the band in elementary school. Middle school and high school, I more so got into sports. And I really didn't think it was something that I could do professionally. So, you know, I didn't know. But when I went to college, um, the bug just caught me. So I started, like, fucking around with, like, making beats and shit like that. But once I got into it, it was like, all right, let me figure out how the music industry worked. Um... I discovered uh, a company called Violator Management with Chris Lighty and Mona Scott and all them. And, you know, they had, like, a gang of artists, you know, uh, Fat Joe, Big Pun, Puff, LL, Buster, Missy, you know. So, like, like you reading the credits and I keep seeing their name pop up as management, um, I just started really following them. And then I just started diving into, like, what makes the industry work here. I just fell in love with the business side of it. Gotcha. So, you know, being one, like, music manager is one very tough business that people don't talk about. Like, you know, like, you can actually all right, work with an artist from the beginning, and, like, soon as they get on, they can fire you. And, like, you know, it's a lot of stuff, like, you know, it's a little, like, but, uh, but actually, before we go all the way into that, like, I want you to tell the people who don't know what is the actual like, duties of a music manager because you know everybody got like a little confused okay so number one your music manager does not finance your career that's number one i think that's the number one misconception when i want a manager but then they want you to pay for everything that's not a manager's job that's more so like a production company so like if you got somebody financing it's like they basically the, your label you know what i'm saying that's number one but the duties of a manager is you like the quarterback, right? It's like you run the plays for your client, like so you connect. You know, you got your booking agent, uh, you got the record label that you got to deal with. Um, when you go on the road, you got a road manager, you got a DJ. You're just a facilitator for the artist, like quarterback, point guard, however you wanna, you know, however you wanna uh, look at it. But yeah, you the facilitator for the artist. Gotcha. So like you know, being a music like. If you being one, if, if you being one, I'm like manager. I'm like, what was the hardest thing I'm like that you had to, I'm like, had to I'm like deal with? The hardest thing I had to deal with, probably figuring out the right artist to work with, right? So, 
it's a lot of talented people in the world. And you know, you come across, you know, you see a lot a lot of people got different gifts, but you can't force an artist or any creative to want it. So I think that was probably my biggest mistake is like trying to force people to like, you good, you need to do this and trying to drag them along. And it's like, yeah, it's noble and all that shit, but fuck that. Like you, the artist got to want it more than you. Like you should be having to catch up to the artist. The artist should be working every day. The artist should be on your line. The artist should be like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And even like, like I said, they not necessarily putting it together, but they creating the opportunities. The opportunities gonna always come from the artists. From them putting themselves out there, they're gonna attract things, and it's just your job to take these opportunities that's coming to them and make them make sense. Gotcha. So, like, explain. Like, what is one on the average? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What do you like for you? An average day. <laughs> uh, I get up probably around like eight. Like I take a lot of calls. Like I probably go to sleep. Like first of all, I probably go to sleep like around like three, four. So I, I get up at eight. Like you know, I go through my emails, do stuff. Might take me a little nap. So I learned like fuck all that no sleep gang and all that shit. They like that shit. Like you, I'm working with my brain all day. So it's like. That shit is exhausted, so like I, I might take me a little nap, then get back up, um, and then shit just get in motion and whatever the priority is for that day. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how I kind of break my days down. It's based on what's priority, like you know, because I work with multiple clients, so everything's not important that day. You know what I'm saying? So like I kind of like prioritize, prioritize like the the tasks that I have to knock out for each client and. Shit, just do that, and I got my kids, so, you know, basketball, and, you know, my oldest son just graduated from college, so, you know, he a little bit more not, you know what I'm saying, he don't need me as much, but, you know, my youngest son play basketball, he 10, so, like, deal with my kids and family stuff, and shit, then, whatever, go to the studio, or if it's a show, or an event I gotta go to later in the evening, so, I mean, it's pretty much a typical day. That's so... Hey, so let's bring it back. So, I'm like, who was your, I mean, first client? My first client? Crazy. So, my first ever client uh, is my homeboy. Uh, his name's Kenny Lockhart. And we still work to this day. Um, we actually have a, a clothing line we launched called Perspective Apparel Brand. Um, he does some videography work, too. But um, he actually, um, me and him met in college. Um, football. We played football together in college. And him and my man Corey Walker, who was one of like my first clients too, uh, they used to be battle rapping e- each other and shit. Um, Corey actually was on 106 and Park on the Freestyle Friday on the battles they used to have on 106 Park on yeah, BT back in the day. Corey actually went to that. Um, but yeah, Kenny, Kenny and uh, Corey, that was my uh, first two clients. I'm still like, like I said, both of them are still like my good friends to this day. Um, Locke ended up, um, he ends up, he got incarcerated for seven years. Um, 
And, you know, that kind of, like, shifted his focus. But when he came home, he came home, got the clothing thing going and doing videography work. So, yeah, those are my two guys. We still, like I said, them still my friends to this very day. Like, I talk to them all the time. So, you know, probably probably 10 years ago, you know, I'm like Detroit, on that music scene, and like jump back up because, you know, it'd be like for a while, you know, it would kind of die down, yeah. pick back up. So, like, you know, if, how can you, I'm like, explain, I'm like, if, if, how can you explain actually, I'm like Detroit's, I'm like music scene? Okay, so. Yeah, we did. So, like, in the early, like, the end of the 90s, early 2000s, you know, locally we had, you know, you had uh, uh, the East Side Tether Boys, Street Lords, Rock Bottom, like, all those guys. That was, like, a wave. Then it was, like, a, it was a little break. And then you had uh, my uh, my guy Helliver, who's one of my clients, uh, his group Mae West. So, that's, like, 05. They, you know, they had a wave, and then you had the Lodge Boys, then you had Stretch Money. Now, Stretch Money kind of was like, of all those guys, Stretch Money had this record that hell of a produced actually called Take Money to Make Money, and that record went to radio. Now, I was working at radio at this time, and man, that record went bananas on the radio. That shit was getting played like a hundred times a week in Detroit. So, anybody that do radio know, like, a record getting played a hundred times, like, that shit was in power rotation. So, then you had that wave. Then it was kind of quiet. It was kind of quiet for a minute. Um, and then you had the Doughboy's Cash Outs. Like, so, Doughboy Cash Out, I would, they probably, like, started, like, this new current wave, they probably, like, they started it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they was out in high school throwing parties and all that, and they had their music out there, and their music was, like, taking off in the streets. Um, and then following them, you had Team Eastside, which a lot of those guys is popping right now. Uh, from the Babyface Rays, the PZ, uh, the producer Dame Dot, uh, rest in peace Snoop, like uh, GT, um, you had those guys, and then from there they kind of just inspired the wave, and then the thing that kind of broke the door open for us was when uh, T Grizzly and Hellava did first day out, and that like broke the door open first day out, and then also you got to credit um. Uh, Sada, Sada, um, Drago too with Block Party like that record like took off and then shit we ain't looked back since for real. Right, you know, it, 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 the crazy part is like every time you know, I'm like when I talk to people, I'm like from Detroit, they always talk about like actually what they're around, like mm-hmm. you know, like you know, if you, if like if you around like street music, you're not gonna mention. Eminem and everybody else, you gonna mention? The I mean, you know, I'm saying, but M, so, but we talking about the current state, the current state, right? right? Right. So, M, because I come from Eminem, right? Like, you know, my um, one of my first, like, trick, trick, real, yeah. Right? So, one of my first big clients, one of my first big clients, like when I got into it, was these producers named Signals, okay. and they produced uh, they produced a record called How Come for D12, um, but Proof was very, Proof was very instrumental in like our success. Of that record happening, um, they had did a project before that with Proof and Dogmatic that Maurice Malone had put together called Promatic, um, which is how they caught the attention of Eminem because Eminem came to Proof like, yo, who did these beats? You know what I'm saying? So Proof like turned them on to the guys, but actually that 
song How Come happened for Bizarre brought a beat CD to M and that's how the How Come record happened. And you know, M that man, that shit was the biggest shit in the world, bro. Like, so that's where I come from, you know what I'm saying? A lot of even how I linked up with Rob, I linked up with Rob through my man um Stan and Jay down in Florida with Say La V. And I got hooked. I got me and Stan got linked up through Paul Rosenberg, um, cause Stan had some business with Paul at Def Jam with like with Fredo and them, and Paul been like somebody who I've talked to and uh, a mentor type figure. You know what I'm saying? My for my career, like when I call him when I need to, it's like I would say we like best of friends. But he definitely somebody when I need to call and ask for advice, he always been there to respond and give me some advice. And he just just told me, he's like, yo, this is dude in Miami. You need to meet. Um, I think y'all could be beneficial to each other. He linked us up. And then Stan is how I ultimately ended up meeting Rob because they signed Rob and they introduced me to Rob. I came down to New Orleans and shit, you know. We here now. You know what I'm saying, huh? Yeah. So, like, I want you to actually I mean, explain if, like, Rob for nine as one of the individual and the music artist. As an individual, I do individual first. As an individual, Rob is one of the most solid people I ever met in my life. Um, the way him and his family operate, shout out Miss Chrissy, Kells, Big Rob, like, as a family unit, they, like, move in sync, you know what I'm saying? And they all, they see what Rob can be, and they all come together like both trying to make sure that shit happens. So, like, they took me in. Like family, so like he one of the most solid dudes I met. Like, yeah, that's all. I, you know, that's self explanatory. I can you know, I can go in many examples, but uh, Rob, Rob, solid as fuck. That's it. So far, and so far as one like music artists, like actually, I mean, what do you see as on like music career going? Rob a superstar, again, but that goes back to his character. You know what I'm saying, like. He a solid dude, so good things happen to good people, and he willing to put in the work to go to the level that he need to go to. Like, you know, he gon' shit, Rob got hundreds of songs that's, like, recorded right now that he can just keep going, you know what I'm saying? Like, so he got the work ethic. Like, um, like I say again, he attract good people to work with him. So, you know what I'm saying? When he, and he down there in Miami, you know, whether you got Shife or Zai, um, you know, we got E-Mix that work with us. Um, just the, all the staff at the label. Like, everybody go hard for him because, you know, they know, like, all right, that's a good person. He treat everybody with respect. So, yeah, no, Rob, Rob is a superstar, man. He just, all, as long as he is, the only thing that can stop Rob is Rob, man. Right, man. Yeah. Oh, but the dopest thing I see about Rob is he always, like, catered to New Orleans. Like, if he has, like, access and to work with anybody you want to, and but he still makes you, and but he actually includes, I'm at the city of New Orleans. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, again, it goes back to character, right? right? And like, you know, you got, you know, Cash or Frankie or, you know, all these guys, uh, Abby, all these guys that he was working with before he blew up, like he's found a way to involve them in his journey since he got signed. So, you know, just that's just who he is. And he, I mean, he loved New Orleans. Like shit, you know what I'm saying? Like the first time, it's crazy. The first time I came to New Orleans to uh, for him to us to meet in person. Um, you know, he pulled up. He pulled up, picked me up from the hotel. We go straight to the projects. So we in the project. I like. I need to go to the store. He like, all right, store right here. We go in the store. It's this kid, man. He had to be. 
could have been no more than 10 years old. So we go in the store. I'm buying paying for my stuff at the counter. The kid, like, walk up. He like, you ride for a nine, right? He like, yeah. So he like, man, can I take a picture? So Rob take a picture with him. So Rob take the kid phone and put his Instagram handle in there so he could tag him in the picture. And the dude just start bust out crying. And I'm looking. He's like, I can't believe Rob Fortnite is holding my phone. It's like on some Michael Jackson shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? So when I, like, I seen that. And then, you know, we just was going around. And I just seen all the, the people really loved him. I was like, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> right. yeah. like, that's genuine. Like, you can't fake that. You know what I'm saying? You can't make that up. Like, because even at the time, like, his YouTube wasn't going crazy. Rob wasn't popping online like that. But, like, he had, that, yeah, he had that real, the people really, like, genuinely love him. So, it's like, of course he's going to put on for New Orleans because New Orleans put on for him. Right. And, like, the dopest thing, you know, I heard from, like, you know, people in the music industry, like, you know, Rob is, like, different from, you know, most New Orleans people you meet because, like, you know, like, most artists, you know, seem like they got, you know, actually... Feel like they, you know, act like they on a gangster all the time. You know, Rob comes up, come off as you know, very humble and respectable, and like yeah. you know, everybody else got a feel play attitude. Yeah, so, no, you know. no, I mean, like you said, that comes that comes from the upbringing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the the things that his mother and father instilled in him. Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying? So he, like I said, he's a very respectful person. You know what I'm saying? Um, he don't play though. You know what I'm saying? So like, niggas gotta know that he ain't about to play. So. Can't come playing playing around and shit. Gotcha. So, being in the music industry for over, you know, 20 plus years now. Yeah. And, like, what do you enjoy most about it? And, like, what do you actually hate about it? What do I hate about it? <sighs> Ain't too much I hate about it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's fake-ass motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I've been, I've been fortunate enough in my life where God has blessed me to have like really good peoples around me. Um, so I've been good, bro, for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? My whole, my whole journey has been, I've been surrounded by love and wisdom. So like, I ain't really had to deal with too much. You know, you, you deal with fake shit here and there, but it's limited cause it's like, a person can only do what you allow them to do. So I don't even allow people to be in my space that's on that. So, yeah, I've been good, man. I've been blessed. Uh, I ain't really too much I can say I hate about the music industry. I just love music. Like, I love the I love the idea of you come up with something that you just talk about and then you actually make that shit happen. You know what I'm saying? So to see the concept turn to reality... It's like a high for me. And I don't think that it's never that part is never gonna get old. So it's like that's why I knew I like this is this is the life for me. Gotcha. So I have this question, I'm gonna ask you before we leave, like, how did how do you manage having like all those clients? Like I said, it's just prioritizing time. Like every like everybody feels like their thing is the most important, which it is. Like everybody, everybody that I work with is very important to me. It's just prioritizing time and knowing, like, okay, this has to be done today. Cause you know what I'm saying? Like, right when we finish a raw project, you know what I'm saying? Like, another artist might be starting their project, but it's like, okay, cool, you go do that. Cause you don't really necessarily need me there to do that part. Like, once we get things rolling, go do your creative part. 
I'll put my input in when I need to. But if it's the crunch, the crunch time of finishing a project and, you know, dealing with the label on getting the producer agreements clear, dealing with sample clearances, making sure we got the stems, the mixing masters is good, the artwork, you know what I'm saying? And it's a team of us that do it, so it ain't just me. So it's a team of people where I have to focus on all those different things. But, again, when you're crossing the finish line versus starting, it's like, this is what I got to deal with today. So it's just prioritizing time, for real. That's the biggest obstacle in having multiple clients. But I'm, I'm figuring it out. I ain't perfect either, you know what I'm saying? Like, anybody can tell you, like, I, time management, I've been super improving on that. Like, that's <laughs> one of my focuses. Like, all the time is just focusing on time management as much as I can. Um, but I'm a work in progress, too. But I make it work. Gotcha. So, I mean, what's your advice, um, actually, to someone um, that's watching this interview and, like, thinking about jumping in, jumping in, actually, jumping in, actually, through, I'm going to become one, I'm a manager? If you want, I just, you got to love it. Like, don't do this shit because you just think you can make some money. Because... Trust me, like, it's times where this shit don't make no money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not, I'm in a different place in my career now, so, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well for myself, but it's times where this shit wasn't working like that. So, it's like, if you're going to do it, do it because you, you love this shit. Don't do that shit for nothing. That's the only reason you should do this shit is if you love it. Don't do that shit for no other reason other than you absolutely love this shit and this is what you're supposed to be doing. So, um, tell us actually, I mean, what's, tell us actually, actually, I mean, what's, I mean, next for you? I mean, what's next? Shit, just keep, keep growing, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, Hell of a got a bunch of shit on the way, um, GMO Stacks got a new project on the way, um, my artist Nisha Nishay, um, she got a record called Jackpot out right now, that's starting to, like, it's, it's creating some substantial buzz. So, you know, we got a game plan for that. Um, you know, we got um, my artist, uh, Bria Leslie. She got she got some things in the works that she's working on. Um, one of my, uh, one of the people that I do some consulting for, Brooklyn Queen, her um, and the label she signed to, B&B, they just did a deal with Steve LaBelle. So congratulations to Brooklyn. Like, she put in a lot of work, like, you know what I'm saying? And she's so young, because she, you know, she uh, gonna be 18 in July, and, like, to watch her over the last three years and the work and the sacrifice her and her mother put in to be successful is, like, is commendable. Like, they really sacrificed a lot, like, uh, being with their family and all that stuff, so shout out to Brooklyn Queen, and then, um... Right. I'm gonna shout out to her because she actually if she came down here and actually did an interview with us. Oh, yeah. No, Brooklyn don't work, man. Yeah. Like, Brooklyn, she's not afraid to work. You know what I'm saying? She going to do the work. She not, she not, uh, she not blue. She a, she a superstar, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. It's going to be music, TV, film, whatever she going to do. She a superstar. She just got that, she just got that mentality. Um, and then it's another, uh, Kevo Hendricks, um, a.k.a. Stay A While. He, um. He, him and Brooklyn do they they uh work together. Um, he like he on her production team along with Dre Butters and Jupiter. Um, my man Energy Beats, Energy, you know what I'm saying. He got he got a lot of things. He just was on the fast. He had a song with uh in a in a Lee Chopper, and Nardo Wick is on that song I believe. 
yeah, on the Fast and Furious soundtrack. So that was a big accomplishment. His record, 550 Degrees, just went platinum. Um, yeah, no, so energy. Uh, man, I got, a lot of, I got a lot of things in the works, man. You know, Rob, Rob, Rob shit keep going up. Um, shout out to Ghetto Baby Boom, YB and Lil Bro. Like, yeah, we just working, man. Be low, be low, too. So, you know, B.O., New Orleans, like, you know, he did Vulture Island. Um, just got him got him a situation, so just working in the, you know, he 18, just graduated high school, so just really putting him in a situation to develop and develop relationships and just keep and just keep going as a producer. Gotcha. And also, uh, but last but not least, I'm in Teleworld, actually, I'm like, Actually, actually, only working at Fayette on social media and just everywhere. Uh, shit, you can find me. Uh, hands up management. Uh, H A N D Z U P M G M T on the gram. Um, said Louis on Twitter. C E D L O U I E. I mean, I don't be on Twitter. I need to get my Twitter game up. Nisha, Nisha always be uh telling me I need to get my Twitter game up. Um. I ain't been on Twitter. I used to be on Twitter a lot. I ain't been on Twitter like crazy lately. But you can always find me on the gram and shit. You can reach out to me there, and I go through my I go through my DMs. You know, a couple of days a week I go through my DMs and listen to music that people send me on there and just connect with people. I think shit, man, you connected on the gram. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm actually about to I'm gonna send you an artist <laughs> later. Yeah, so you know, shit, you can you can hit me on social media. I be around. Shit, you see me in public, don't feel afraid. Shit, come talk to me. I'm good. I ain't. I ain't want to do.